0: On the third day, third day, he rose again
1: in fulfillment of the scriptures. <laughs> you are in the right place. This is No Seriously, How Do I Do This? I am Summer Shepherd. up uh, This week, which would normally be an off week for us, I wanted to give you a special treat, a special peek at a brand new podcast that just came out, just in time for Easter, called In Fulfillment, talking about those prophecies of God fulfilled in Jesus Christ, those promises fulfilled. If you've ever read scripture and seen it come alive in your mind, or wish that it would, this is for you. And so sit back and enjoy episode one of In Fulfillment. Take a moment and imagine with me, imagine a
0: place in the Middle East where Jesus and his disciples are walking. Now, whenever I imagine this, I see tan everywhere. There's the desert they're walking on, the sandstone-colored buildings, and even the light brown walls. Maybe you see this too. Or maybe you see green everywhere when you imagine the time when Jesus was here. Maybe you imagine orange, like a sunset. All this light brown I see, broken up only by the green of the leaves on the palm trees. Do you imagine people walking? Perhaps they're coated in sand. Their heads are covered to protect them from the piercing wind. And maybe they're talking to each other. Maybe you hear them laughing, or maybe you see them as solemn, exhausted from their travels and the constant dust. Either way, the people that you see are Jesus and his disciples, and they're traveling to Jerusalem to fulfill what was told would happen long ago. When Jesus and his disciples neared the city, Jesus paused and gave two of the disciples instructions.
1: James, John, go into the city. At the entrance of it, you will find a donkey and her colt tied to a tree. Untie them and bring them to me. Okay. If anyone asks you anything, tell them the Lord needs the donkeys.
0: As the two disciples walk away, they talk amongst themselves and mainly, they're confused and filled with wonder.
1: Why does he need a donkey, much less two? What do you think he'll do with them? The colt
0: can't possibly be much use. It's a colt. It's gonna be small and weak. The second disciple shrugs. How does he even know the donkeys will be in the exact spot that he
1: said? I mean, it could just as easily be elsewhere.
0: I wouldn't be surprised
1: if he's freeing them from someone who's harming them. (sighs) I don't know. It's never known, the will of Jesus. Good point.
0: I guess we'll see. Despite their confusion and lingering questions, they did as Jesus instructed. Here they are, just where he said they would be, tied to a tree that's growing just inside the entrance of the city. Hey, what are you doing? Untying the donkey and her colt? I find it rather hard to believe that they're yours, sir.
1: No, 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 they're not
0: ours. They're the Lord's. He has need of them. The two disciples then brought the donkey and the colt and putting their cloaks on the donkeys, Jesus sat on the colt. A crowd had begun to gather, surrounding the lane, and spreading their cloaks on the ground, along with branches from the trees they had cut. As the decorated donkey walked down the lane with Jesus on his back, the colt's dark gray mother trots behind, her head held high as if she knew this occasion was momentous. The crowd joins the procession with shouts of praise. That is not the reaction I expected. That's for sure. Least of all for a man riding a donkey. The disciples then joined in with the crowds in shouts and praise to the man riding the humble donkey down the lane. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Hidden in the crowd, as all the shouts and the news spreads through the city like wildfire, there is a mother and her daughter watching the procession. And while the mother has a joyful face, her daughter looks on with eyes narrowed and her brow is furrowed. She looks at her mother and there's a question on her lips. Mama, who is this man? Why is he on a donkey?
1: Doesn't that hurt? That's Jesus, darling. He's come to save us. On a donkey? I don't quite understand it either, but it was foretold that he would.
0: This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden.
1: I hope he's bringing an army to take down the government. If He's come to save us. That's the best way to do it. I hope so too. Maybe his entrance into the city on the donkey is merely a distraction for the government to confuse them. Oh, there's an idea. He's
0: coming in peacefully to disguise the chaos of what
1: he will do tonight. I bet he'll have an entire army storming the gates at Olivet in the middle of the night tonight. Yes, with angels and soldiers and horses.
0: This took place to fulfill what was stated by the prophet in Zechariah 9 saying, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. A few years earlier, Jesus had called each of the disciples to him, inviting them to follow him. One day, Jesus is walking on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, cool waves lapping at his feet. He sees two brothers in a boat, casting a large net into the sea. Jesus stands at the shore, the wind blowing against his face, and he waits, and he watches. Eventually, the brothers bring the net back up, and the net is weighed down by flapping fish. The men are straining to pull it up. They drag the net fully into the boat, the silvery fish disappearing into it, their scales briefly reflecting the blinding sunlight and the brothers row back to shore, their paddles moving in and out of the water.
1: Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men.
0: Okay. Jesus and his newly appointed disciples walk further down the shore. Peter and Andrew obediently follow Jesus, though they are not sure where they're going or why they are following the stranger in the first place. As they walk, they find a group of three men in a boat nestled in the sandy shore. Inside the boat, they're mending their nets. Come, follow me. James and John stand, stepping off the boat, and immediately obey Jesus' call. They leave their boat and their father behind, and they travel to Galilee and find Philip. Follow me. Philip decides to follow Jesus, joining the slowly growing group. After walking for a while, a man begins to pass them. Walking the opposite direction, Philip notices him, calling out. Hey, Nathaniel, how are you this fine day? I'm good.
1: How are you? I'm swell. Who are those people you were with? Uh, Where are you going? We have found the man that Moses and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That's who I am with, though I cannot say where exactly we are going. Can anything good really come out of Nazareth, though? Uh, I mean, you know what those people are like. They're rude and obnoxious
0: and snobbish. I mean, they make people stay in stables instead of working to find space in their crowded inns. How rude is that? (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, clearly based on this guy. Come and see. An Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? I've never met you before. Long before Philip called out to you, I saw you. When you were under the fig tree. All the way back there on the road? You saw me? I was behind a house. You could not have possibly been able to see me since you were
0: all the way over there. Rabbi,
1: you truly are son of God you are the king of Israel because I said to you I saw you under the fig tree do you believe you will see greater things than that you will see heaven opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man
0: do you see what Jesus did He called out to these random and completely different people who were all doing their own things on the sea, and He invited them to follow Him. He created a ragtag group of devoted disciples that could have contained enemies in the group or even enemies against Himself. Just as Jesus called and invited His disciples to Him directly, Jesus invites you. He calls you and your neighbor. He calls your very worst enemy. He calls your close friends. He calls your family. He calls you and everyone to be a devoted follower. He calls us to learn and deepen our faith, just as Andrew, Peter, and Philip did when they were following their Lord and Savior. He also calls us to sacrifice in order to follow Him. These men, the disciples, they left everything behind, their family, their friends, and their possessions. When Jesus called the disciples to himself, he began a significant process of events that would eventually lead to his death on the cross. Jesus led by example. Jesus sacrificed everything. In Fulfillment is an audio drama that shares the prophecies about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This episode of In Fulfillment is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul.
1: Okay, be honest. What'd you think? <laughs> well, if you loved it, oh, you can find In Fulfillment wherever you get your podcasts. In fact, wherever you're listening right now, just go ahead and search In Fulfillment. Subscribe. There are more episodes to come, and I want to make sure you don't miss a single one. I'm so grateful that you joined us today for this special bonus episode of No Seriously, How Do I Do This? And as always, you are loved and you are not alone.